0: Hey guys, you're listening to Soul Food. My name is Daniel and I'm the pastor of a church called Soul here at Alostar in Malaysia. In this podcast, we will dive into conversations that will help us with our views of certain habits and behaviors that take place in our culture. As you're listening, I'm sure you'll learn a thing or two but I believe this podcast will help you to expand your perspective. This is Soul Food. Let's dive right in. In this episode, I am so excited. Finally, I'm able to have this conversation with this talented, outgoing, passionate woman. Heidi, how are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, man, we, sh- we are supposed to have this conversation a long time ago, but <laughs> hey, finally, we are having it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: once again, I want to say congratulations on the Woman of the Future Award, the Community Spirit and Public Service Award. Am I correct?
1: Yes. Thank you so much.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, uh, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, uh, Heidi is uh, out there right now she, with her uh, NGO called um, Refuge for the Refugee. Am I correct?
1: Yes, that's and she, right.
0: And she's making an impact, um, an award from Her Royal Highness the Queen of England as well. Um, you are making waves. Uh, but today, um, as I have you in this conversation, I, I really want yeah. to talk about like following your dreams. I think a lot of young yeah. people out there, you know, they are passionate about following their dreams, but yeah. don't know about the cost the price yeah. they have to pay following your dream. So maybe you could yeah. start by telling your story, you know, how where you grew up from and how did it lead you to where you are today?
1: I grew up the youngest of three. I've got an older sister and an older brother. And I think I grew up extremely shy and very, very soft-spoken only because um, my older siblings were great, right? So they helped me make plenty of decisions in life. Um, and I think I grew up you know placing so much of my identity in either being Kylie's sister or Derek's sister and so I always felt that I had to live in the shadows of my older siblings you know follow their footsteps and my siblings were people that were actually outstanding you know they were doing well in school they were well liked. they had great personalities and I was always that like you know awkward child that you know um tried really hard to fit in um I think the journey of me growing up was a lot of it involved, you know, finding my identity in Christ, um, because I always felt that I was inadequate. I was always not good enough. You know, I was always not as good as my siblings. Um, and that got me deeply insecure. Um, but growing up, you know, and, you know, finding my identity in Christ, I accepted Christ at 11 years old. Um, And then going on into secondary school, you know, joining CF and really understanding what it means to find my identity in Christ. And as I lived into that, I slowly realized that I did not need to always just be, you know, my my sibling sister in that sense. I could be my own person. Mm. And as I learned to live into the identity that Christ has placed over my life, I I started learning to find my voice, um, to find my why. Um, and, And so right after secondary school, you know, in secondary school, I was always surrounded by, by people who were actually outstanding. You know, uh, my friends were public speakers and debaters. And every time after school, we'll sit in a circle and with our eyes and Aslama and talk about, you know, what was going on with the world, right? And it'll be so angry, you know. It's always, you know, yeah, the government's not doing enough, you know, um, the NGOs are not doing enough. And what did it done on me? You know, I'm point fingers and this angry teenager that's so upset to the world, right? What am I doing? You know? Why, what am I doing besides pointing fingers? So I decided like, you know what, you know, before I can complain about this, I need to try fixing the problem first. Um, Right after secondary school, before I started college, I had about four months when I decided that like, hey, I want to spend this time volunteering. So I found out, you know, I asked around and found out about a school in the heart of KL that really needed English teachers then. And I went in to teach, you know, thinking that like, you know, here I am, I can fix these problems, you know, within four months, you know, I can Education for the kids. Um, until then, you know that when I went to this school um, and I started teaching the kids, the problems were much, much more complex than I expected it to be. You know, it wasn't problems I could tackle within four months. Um, and it was—I think—it was in the school as well that I started really um, understanding my privilege in that sense. You know, I had to question what privilege meant to me. Um, growing up, I always thought privilege meant big, fancy houses and luxury mm-hmm. cars. You know. And, and big fancy holidays. You know, I grew up with a neighbor that would go away for Christmas every single year and they would go to like Korea and Japan and Australia and and my family couldn't afford it, right? We we just had like chuti in Malaysia. Um, <laughs> we would stay home for Christmas and I always wish that we could be more privileged in that sense. Um, but going into this school really helped me rethink what privilege is. You know, privilege doesn't need to mean... Um, luxurious holidays, right? Or fancy upgrades. Um, Privilege just means a shelter for my head and not having to worry about my meal the next day. So what was I going to do about my privilege? And so my journey really started from understanding my privilege, I guess.
0: I think from a third-person point of view, like it would feel like Heidi Kwa has, has it all planned out. Like, you know, you're going to start this refuge for the refugees. Like, everything was all planned out. But here I am hearing your story. Uh, this is for my first time, you know. It started with a high school, sirap bandung ice, nasi lemak conversation, passion, that kind of thing. Um, but what I like about your story is that you didn't stop there. You actually did something about it. And you joined uh, this um, teaching uh, outreach thing for the next four months and then you discovered that oh, this could be something that could be done with and I think yeah. for you personally, I think you mentioned the word just now, what privilege meant to yeah. you and so yeah. from there, from then on, how how did it like feel your dream or was it from there that this whole entire dream was, was crafted?
1: Yeah, I think the encounter with the kids in the school um and having, for me, having to question my privilege um, it got me just so confronted by, you know, the injustice that's out there right in my neighbourhood, right? And it made me feel, it made me question so many things on so many levels, you know, how is it that I get access to education? I mean, growing up as a PJ City kid, right? And I know that this possibly sounds, makes me sound like a brat, right? But I mean, <laughs> as of as 10 years old, probably, I knew that I was going to college, you know? I knew that college was in the books. I always thought that college was in the mm. books for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like that moment of being in school. I remember my fourth month in, I walked into the headmaster's office and told him, you, you know what? I'm done teaching. I'm done volunteering. Um, my parents tell me that I have to focus on college. Um, you know, and, and that's when he looked at me in the eye and he said, "That's yeah, fine. Um, perfect timing because I was just about to tell you that the school be closed due to lack of funds. Um, and because of this, the kids wouldn't be coming to school anymore. So so don't worry about finding like a volunteer replacement for yourself. You know, just go ahead and, and maximize your college experience. Wow. And I stood there in such disbelief. And I'm like, what? I mean, how can these kids be losing their only access to education? Already, they don't have formal access to education, right? How can they be losing their only access to education? And on the flip side, like that, I was just being angry that I had to go to college. You know, I'm like, I'm just done studying. <laughs> How do I reconcile these two worlds, right? It was said, that made me realize that like, man, the privilege really is in access to education and having a voice. And, and despite not having a lot of resources at 18 years old, what was I going to do about this? Right. What was I going to do with my privilege instead of complaining about what?
0: The first time I met you, um, you came over to my house in, uh, Subang, and then yeah. uh, my sister, Rachel, you know, brought brought this girl back. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> One of Rachel's friends, you know, this little petite girl coming here at our house and you were playing with my daughter, you know, and, and we were just talking. And then I was like, wow, this girl is like passionate. She's power packed. Um, but yeah, from that that point on, I, I begin to learn how you were just so focused. Like it feels like a laser-like focus on what you were doing. Has it always been like that?
1: It hasn't. I mean, to be honest, it takes every morning, it takes every morning to wake up and say yes, you know, yes to answering the call, yes to staying focused, yes to staying on track, yes to um, giving my best. I mean, honestly, your days are awake. I just don't want to do it all. Right? It's it's frustrating and it's lonely and and it feels your days. So you feel that like you're plowing into nothing. Right? There's no. I mean, for 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 me being an instant generation, right? I want results right here, right yes, now. It's like give all in two years, like laws and policy needs to change. All refugee kids is access to education, and like, why is it not happening within two years? Right? So, mm. uh, <laughs> so that been really difficult but um, I think constantly being focused on our why and knowing what we're called to do makes all the difference
0: you say that uh, constantly focus on your why will make all the difference can you elaborate on that?
1: I think if I go in you know thinking that I want instant results and being impatient with um, the work in that sense, that's when I realized that, I mean, I had to ask myself, right, why do I want these results? You know, I mean, really, is it for the kids in the community or is it so that I can pat myself on the back and go like, you know, well done, Heidi, great achievement, right? Um, For me, being focused on a why, I, I think from... Everything shifted for me when I realized that maybe I don't need big policy changes within two years. If I can do that, that's great. But my goal every day is to wake up and to be somebody who makes everybody feel like a somebody, right? So if I'm going to go into the kids, if I'm going to go into the school, if I'm going to spend time with the kids, I will. I'll make sure that. They walk away knowing your worth. If I'm going to go for a meeting and to take on interns, I'll make sure that intern to intern with us walk away knowing your worth. I think that's one thing that I'm deeply passionate about, right? Helping others know your worth and your identity and your why. Um and I feel that as long as I keep focused on that, um that's enough. Everything else is a bonus.
0: I'm loving your why. Make somebody feel like somebody. It is yeah. a very powerful value that you carry in your life, and I think um, you mentioned earlier how uh, things like your interns coming in—you want them to leave or continue on with you, you know, feeling yeah. like they are somebody, you know, a a yeah. refugee. You're helping out. You want them to yeah. feel like somebody. I like how this is like throughout the facets facets of your life, you know, yeah. from yeah. your ministry to your campaigns to your yeah. whole. Da- I, I think a lot of young people out there need to learn how to identify i did not just young people everyone need to identify with yeah. their why you know and yeah. hearing your why that is so clear now i'm i'm learning you know to, yeah. from you like wow why you're so passionate and how you could just stay so focused on what you're doing yeah. you know, because yeah. i think you've had like a couple of obstacles you know yeah. so yeah. many Could you tell us like one of your obstacles that that you went through that really like hit you and you were like oh man should I really continue on
1: yeah you know I think even just adding on to the previous um you know about knowing our why I feel that you know when we go into something not knowing our why um and when we lose focus we burn out really really easily um I think the most important thing in in keeping focus and staying on track is knowing out why um, because we can lose sight we can lose sight you know when obstacles happen um, and, and for us for me I think one of the most recent ob- obstacles are some of you know s- some may know, is um, the recent police investigations. Um, I did not expect, you know, I did not expect to be investigated. I didn't expect, you know, it to blow up so much. Um, The backstory behind this, for those that don't know, is that um, I wrote a post um, detailing the account of a detainee who was in detention centres. Um, really just telling her story in that sense, you know, after she called me at 4am in the morning, I was so troubled that I had to write about it. I woke up the next day, you know, with the post going extremely viral. Um, and and that, you know, that linked um, from, for trying to um, tarnish the country's good name, you know, and for misusing the internet. And that that broke me. That broke me completely because for those who know me, knows that I'm the exact opposite of that. You know, I am someone that you know when I go overseas for conferences, I carry the Malaysian flag with me, like high and proud. You know, I bring everything that you know represents Malaysia, and mm-hmm. I and I'm so proud to be a Malaysian. Um, so I think um, that you know the recent investigations was one thing that really shook me. Um, you know I remember the next couple of days I was just feeling so defeated you know thinking like you know is this worth the journey is this worth it right if I'm going to put myself out on the line and be investigated um, but through all of this you know I think once this blew over a little bit more I was reminded that uh, even more so I need to stick by my values and convictions I need to be consistent to it um, because if I'm not you know change will not happen
0: what is that one main anchor that has kept you all together this whole while? Like, I mean, hearing this obstacle, like it could be, hey, Heidi, time to quit. Like this could be your inner voice, you know? Hey, Heidi, time to quit. Like, you know, hey, this is like one of the biggest, uh, like stop sign, you should stop right now. But here you are because of your why, you know? Make somebody feel like somebody. What was that one main anchor that kept you going?
1: I think the main anchor that has kept me going is knowing that we're all called for very specific roles in life, right? Um, For me, I think that was, I think, understanding my calling and understanding um, why I'm placed where I am in life um, has definitely kept me going. I mean, I've never, honestly... I've never wanted this life in that sense to be out there in public, you know, to be on the public forefront. Um, it's exhausting. People, people see the glamour of it, right? People see the awards and the magazines, you know, and, um, you know, the fancy experiences. But mm. behind it all is actually hard and it's very, very lonely. Yeah, but what you see going is is really knowing that um, I have been called for this, you know, and and that helps me, stick to the route that 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 God has planned for me. And how did
0: you know that this was something that God has called you to do? I, you know, I'm sure you have like plenty of questions for God yeah. in your life and in your journey, but, and I'm sure you're discovering about it, but how do you know that, that this was something that God called you to do?
1: I think it is. Um, so it's, it's really weird. But at when I first became, um, when I first came to know Christ, I would get, recurring dreams every single night for an entire year in a row, um, of me on stage speaking to people. Right. And at a point of time, I never could make sense of what it meant because I'm not like, I'm not a stage person. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm not a stage person. Right. Um, and, and throughout the years, it was just, it was just that anointing that came with me. I don't know. I think it's just that, that, that talk, um, that, that attracts me to working with the community. If anything, it's just that piece that surpasses all understanding when I work with the communities um, that n- helps me understand that, like, you know what, maybe this is what I'm called to do, I think. And especially I think that follows, you know, that, that connection, you know, how easy it is to, to build relationships with them um, and to journey with them um, allows me to know as well that we probably are in the right place.
0: I think a lot of people that I've met who are so focused on their passion, um, When whenever I ask them, like, you know, and, and they say they are called to do this, I'm like, wow, um, yeah. it takes a lot to be called to do this. You know what I mean? Um, but yet there is that peace, even though there's that whole tension and struggle, yeah. but you still go all the way to just make sure to make somebody feel like somebody and so um, before we end this episode for this podcast I mean thank you for sharing Um, a couple of things I learned from you today about I think most importantly is if we don't know our why we would definitely burn out you know I think for all of us who are following our dreams you know chasing our dreams you know or you're at your phase of your life you know thinking about what to do for the future I think it's very important to know your why and what you're doing and I think just like Heidi you know it's not something that is all planned out is something that yeah. is discovered, you know, from high school, you know, to college, and as yeah. you were working with the students, and that passion begin to grow. So, before we we end this podcast today, what would you tell a young person who is pursuing their dreams, and what would be like the formula for them to really stay in the lane?
1: Yeah, I think the first the first thing is to be consistent. Be consistent in what you do and how you live out your values and your principles i think so often we get distracted in life um yet we expect results so um there is so much power in being consistent to be consistent with your why to be consistent with your values be consistent with your principles and be consistent with how you do things people will catch on you know when they see that consistency the second thing is you know we often think that being obedient means saying yes That one time, you know, and being set and ready for the next twenty years—it's not obedience. It's a lot of you know saying yes thirty seconds at a time. Um, for me, it's it's waking up every day and saying yes over and over again. Um, and and that doesn't mean that that gets me ready for the day, you know. I, you know, there are days where I wake up and I get like excited and ready to go, and I say yes, you know, in the morning. And 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 within mid afternoon, when 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 an obstacle hits, you know, it's it's me having to pull through and say yes again, because I choose to remain consistent and I choose to remain obedient. Um, and when you say when you when you're consistent and when you're obedient and when you say yes over and over again, you'll see doors open. You'll see God move. Um, from this, I can really say that God really honors obedience. You know, so keep being obedient and keep staying focused um, in, in all that God has called you to.
0: Yeah, I think the key um, theme, the, the the foundation of what I'm hearing and what you are doing right now today has been an act yeah. of obedience towards God. And I want to thank you, You know, Heidi. You are younger, but you have been displaying such tremendous obedience towards God and honor to God and to where you are today. I'm just excited for whatever that's ahead and know that we are praying for you and we are rooting for you. Thank you again, Heidi, for your time. We love you. Thanks, Daniel. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Do share it with your friends. Now, if you have any questions, you can DM us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia.